All right, today I'm talking to an interesting, a very interesting person that I sort of met at Red Hat, but sort of didn't, because he was kind of a... I, I always kind of think of him in my mind in that context of kind of a ninja or a shadow operator. <laughs> at the time, I was a program manager at Red Hat for the Ceph storage product. And he would sometimes come to the meetings, sometimes not. But he was kind of this guy that like fixed everything. And so inevitably something would be going on and something wouldn't be working or there was this bug or something and they would say, yeah, I'll talk to Alfredo. He'll, he's, he's working on it. He's going to fix it. Or he already committed that. We're just, you know, waiting for the, what was it called? Pull request to get approved or something like that. So then after I left Red Hat, I was trolling LinkedIn or something. Somehow we became connected and in his LinkedIn profile, it said that he was a former Olympian. I was like, what? I thought he was just this ninja undercover software uh, virtuoso. And so I, me being curious, me was like, what's that all about? And then we ended up talking and then one thing led to another. And every time I'm on LinkedIn these days, he's talking about another O'Reilly book that he's written or that's in the process. And just Yesterday or the day before, somewhere around there, he published something around this term yet, which is a word that I often finish people's sentences with when we're coaching. So, Alfredo Deza, welcome. John, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you, you can't imagine how, how much I've, uh, I've been looking forward to, to having a, a conversation in your podcast. This is... Uh, this is uh, this is really neat. Thank you, thank you so much for your invitation. Can can't wait to uh, to get into some of the juicy details. Yeah. Today. So <laughs> so I think the juiciest detail that's going to catch people's attention is former Olympian. So what? Let's just get that out of the way. What is that all about? Yeah. So um, this is uh, I have to uh, preface the, the the this conversation about the Olympic Games with 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 a little bit of context because. Um, for the longest time, I have not mentioned anything about the Olympic Games or anything about my my sports past, and and, and there's there's a lot of baggage there. there like I did it for 15 years. Um, when I was 11 years old, I I my my dad was taking a shower. I knocked on the door and said, "Hey, Dad! Like I need to talk to you." Like this, 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 this thing is really important. And I told him, I was like, I want to, I want to do this like really good. Like I want to be like, I want to take this seriously. I want to be the best there is. And I want to do this uh, very seriously. And my dad also went to Olympic games. He went to uh, Mexico city and, and he said, okay, like if you're serious about it, like, yeah, let's, let's just do it. And, uh, and I did it for 15 years. And, and when it ended, which was shortly after the Olympic games in 2004, in Athens, uh, I felt very self-conscious and I came here to the U.S. Uh, around 2006. I was born in Peru, lived there all my life. And I came here um, and I was very self-conscious. And, I, and, and, and the, the, the biggest difference is that coming here to the U.S., nobody knew me. Nobody knew who I was. And back in Peru, I was very well known. I would go to radio shows. I would be on the newspapers, uh, you know. Uh, on, 
the on the evening news. Sometimes they would just uh, interview me, so I was very well known. Um, and so, one of the things coming to the U.S. was like, hey, like I wanna, I, I wanna rebuild uh, myself, my career. My, like I, like I had not gone to college, um, so I didn't go to college. I had like two or three months of college, and then I dropped out. And then, um, and then what happened was that. Um, uh, I said, you know, I, I, I want to become known for who I am rather than what I've done in the Olympic games, kind of like not, not self-servicing at all. Like this is a very complex situation. Like mentally I was burnt out from, from track, from doing the high jump. I did the high jump. And, and so I wanted to do something different. And so I, like, I, I wouldn't, Nothing about the Olympics or sports or anything would appear on my resume or would appear on my LinkedIn profile when that was a thing. And my dad was furious with me. He was like, you're missing out on opportunities. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a very difficult goal to attain and you did it and you're not using it. That's, that's just crazy. But for the past three or four years, I changed my mind. It's been long enough. Like in 2004, it was... Uh, it was a decade and a half ago, and I suddenly now feel a little more comfortable talking about it. But I swear that for the longest time I didn't, and now I feel more comfortable talking about it. And what was uncomfortable about it? Well, it, it felt like um, I didn't want I didn't want to come off as a show off. I didn't want to say, "Hey, by the way, my name is Alfredo, and yes, I went to the <laughs> Olympic Games. Nice to meet you. Uh, let's get down to this. Let's start the meeting." All right, now we can start the meeting. That's out of the way. Well, so, that, which is how we started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the context is different. But like it, it, you know, in interviews or in a business setting or in you know, and, and so what would happen is that these odd situations would would come up uh, when when I was working because people would just find out somehow someone would say, it's like, I'm going to Google this dude's name. Uh, he has a funny accent. Uh, I'm not sure about him. Let's Google him. It's like, and lo and behold, like the internet is plastered with stuff about, you know, me high jumping and videos and, and pictures and, and, and like there's a Wikipedia page. And, and so they, they were like, whoa, like that, no way. This dude cannot be, this is, this dude is a software engineer. Is, is he like, this doesn't add up. And so they would come up and ask me and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, this thing happened, but I wouldn't advertise it at all. I, I wouldn't. Um, and I, it happened at Red Hat too. And uh, it happened multiple times. And I always felt like very self-conscious uh, about it. Uh, but then again, like things, things change. I, I do remember <laughs> there's one story um, uh, that happened. Uh, I, I think I was in Boston. I went to Boston, uh, you know, I was like you said. I was working in storage, and, and we were having uh, pizza and in a restaurant. And there were like you know, like we were like ten red hatters in a, in this big table eating pizza. And and this person started telling a story about how he got in a plane, and 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 he's uh, sitting right next to a, a woman, and they start they, they start talking, and it's, it's like a, I think it was like an old lady, and and he he. Uh, so the lady asked to, to this uh, person, like, oh, so where do you work? It's like, oh, I work in technology. I work in a very big company called Red Hat. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And and, uh, and so the conversation goes to like uh, him asking the lady, like, so where are you from? And she says, oh, I'm from Peru. 
And Peru is like a country that has 30 million people, but I don't know what, <laughs> what causes to, 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 for this question to pop up. He says, oh, that's interesting. Uh, we have a Peruvian uh, working in our team. And the lady says, hmm, that sounds interesting. What is his name? As if she was going to like know what Peruvian this person is <laughs> talking about. And he says, oh, his name is Alfredo Lisa. And, and, and the lady says, like, wow, really? That's, that's funny because um, we have a very famous dude called Alfredo Lisa in Peru. And he, he was an athlete. And, and, and these, uh, you know, these red hires have no idea. And he was telling the story. Um, that you're at these, the table? Uh, I, I was at the table and, and he was talking about this time that he was on a plane or talking to this lady. And then he said, and oh my God, like we, I searched around and talked to Alfredo's boss and, and he went to the Olympic Games, uh, Olympic Games. Can you guys believe that? And you like, and I was like, oh my goodness, I was just all like, I don't, what is going on here? We need to calm down. <laughs> but, but now I see it as, as something different. So what changed? What changed? What flipped the switch where it was like out of there, the shadows? And I, I think a bunch of things change. Uh, and, and there's like, it's not like one thing, but there's like a combination of three or four things. I had very good conversations with a bunch of people. I mean, including you, like I've, we've had like, tremendously positive uh, conversations that had like a very good impact in my, uh, in my life. And, but I had this conversation in particular with uh, a former, um, uh, a former athlete uh, as well that I knew back in Peru. Uh, I had stopped by uh, Vancouver. There was like a, a conference, I think it was uh, uh, LinuxCon or OSCON or one of those. And we, we chatted and he said, like I was telling him, like I didn't feel comfortable talking about my my past in in sports, and he said, uh, "That's crazy. This is part of who you are. You you made it. You you put a lot of effort in it. That that tells a lot about who you are and and what you believe in and 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 how like no nobody, you know, uh, not to diminish anything any other activity, but getting to Olympic Games is is a big deal because it takes a lot of effort." and a lot of consistency. You can't just work out for a year or you can't just like, oh, let me go to these campus for like a couple of years, three years, and, and then you make it. Like, that's not how it works. Usually it takes years. And for me, it took, you know, the better part of my my uh, uh, my teenage uh, years from, from 11. I went to the Olympic Games when I was uh, 24. And so uh, it took me like 23 years to get there. And so, um, and so he said, "Hey, you, sh- you should really rethink these because I think you're you're doing a disservice." And then, and then I think um, writing the books, uh, like you said, I, I've, I've been writing a bunch of books, and then I've been doing a lot of uh, teaching as well, doing live trainings, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff with the writing. Um, Self-published three books last year, and then just wrapped up on our uh, book with O'Reilly called Practical MLOps, which is coming up later this year. I think around in June, July, perhaps it will be, be out. And, and what I saw was that this was a, a perfect opportunity to inspire others. And not in the sense, not, not in the most common sense of like, hey, look at me. I'm so like, great because I did this, but rather more about the journey how to get there and and to inspire others is one thing that has has me very motivated like whenever i can tell you a story and 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 get you to a better place to me that's that that's the best thing that's the best feeling and i really like that and so 
uh, I wouldn't tell the story about the Olympic Games in in the sense of like, yeah, I got there and and by the way, I did horrible. Like if you search, like you'll see that I like one of my worst performances, which was crushing. But uh, the the way I would tell it is like, hey, this took a lot of a lot of work. This took a lot of work, being being persistent and uh, consistent. And, and doing all of these things that make me very uncomfortable. I had to be in a diet. I had to like work out every day. I would work out between 14 and 18 times a week. So that means like every day, twice, twice a day, you know, morning and afternoon, sometimes three times a day. And everything revolving around working out and preparing to be a better athlete. And, and so that's, to me, that was the angle. And it's like, okay, this makes sense. It's not about me being a hotshot because I went to the Olympic Games. It's like, hey, I achieved this one thing and it took a tremendous amount of work, a tremendous amount of effort. I was telling the story the other day. Um, I, I, I told this, uh, I think, twice uh, in, the, in the past couple of weeks, but I think it's a good story. So the, back in the time when I was um, doing the high jump in Peru, the one track stadium that had a high jump pit where I could go and practice well, the high jump pit was not very good. It was very old. It was put together. It was it was foam for from like who knows where, just stitched together, but not stitched, but glued together, and that would form kind of like a, a high jump pit. But at night, uh, stray dogs would go in and, and and into the stadium and sleep on the high jump pit, and that's where I would jump. And so uh, whenever I was I was doing the high jump which was mostly um, uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays, I would go back home and my and my mom my mom was says, okay, you go straight to the shower and you, you take all your clothes out while you're in the shower. And she did that because as I was taking my clothes off, uh, you could see all of the fleas jumping out. <laughs> and I was, they, they would, they, you know, it was, they would uh, bite on me and I was like scratching all my legs all the time. But, you know, that's the thing that I had to do. Like I would have to like, there's no like, oh, this makes me, I don't know if I like this so much. No, it's like, this is what I need to do. Like, I want to be the best there is. Where does that come from? <laughs> like, that's the one thing I've always, that's always intrigued me about you is there is like, there is no quit in you that I've, I mean, maybe there has been, but I think, at 11 uh, years old to <laughs> say like, I want to be in, I want to be in the Olympics and I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, when I was 11, I was just reading lots of books. Yeah. <laughs> um, there has to be a burning desire in you to do something, to, 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 to go through something like that. Um, it, you, you have to really, really want something. And I really wanted to be like really good. And for years I was like horrible, horrible. I was not doing well, but I, I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to, to, to be the best there is. And like, now I, I say that because, it wasn't, it wasn't like me telling me that, hey, I want to go to the Olympic Games. It wasn't me like saying, hey, I want to be, the, the, I want to have the national record, the, the best performance ever in Peru for high jump. It was like, hey, I want to be, I mean, I want to be the best there, uh, there is. I, I want to really, really, uh, you know, be excellent at this thing. And I really like sports and, um, and in, in particular, uh, track was very appealing to me. And high jump is sort of like, you know, uh, kind of like a spectacular thing to see um, when, when you're seeing someone jump, jump, jumping off and on one leg and like just flying over, <laughs> over a bike. It's pretty spectacular. So that was very appealing to me. But um, 
you you have to want to improve. You have to want to achieve something in order to to get to do it. If you if you're sitting down in your couch watching TV and eating a gallon of ice cream and you say, oh, I really want to you know lose some weight. Well, you know you really don't. Like you you have to get up and you do something about it. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think you need to get to the Olympic level. Like we're not. It should never be a thing where someone someone says, "Well, it, well, Fredo is well. He went to Olympic Games. It makes sense." No, 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 no. It, that's not how it works, you know. And I apply a lot of these concepts to everyday life. Uh, and you know, I we've talked about this before, and I really like this story about about my my front lawn. I have a house and I have a front lawn, and it's it's the greenest in the neighborhood. And then. Sometimes neighbors come come up to me and say, "Hmm, Alfredo, so what, what's um, what's the secret? Like you, you have you have this lawn and it's really green. Like, what what is the fertilizer you use?" And they never <laughs> like my answers because my answers are like not what they're expecting. What they're expecting is like a push button, simple solution. Here's a coupon. Go get this fertilizer. You good to go tomorrow. Your grass will be super green. And that's not the answer. The answer is like, well, my grass is green because I put a ton of effort into it and I mow it every, every week. I water it and I, I make sure the watering schedule is, is on spot. Yes, I do fertilizer, but also you have to take care of weeds. Like, and then, and then sometimes if it's, if it's growing season, you, you, you should consider mowing it a couple of times a week. And, and, and then suddenly I'm describing what looks like a ton of work. And usually that's not what anyone wants. Everyone wants like, oh my God, like that does not sound easy. I do not care about my loan. Like they, they start realizing, well, they probably, they, it's not such an important deal for them. And then they don't do it. It's not an Olympic grade uh, level of, of uh, lawn mowing here, but I do put the effort. And then it shows, you I put the effort. Like you want to run a marathon? Hey, like, you, you need to go and run every day. So you're not going to get there if you're just like sitting around. You have to want that green lawn and, and then make things happen. So did you always want to be an expert in Python? No. How did that happen? Oh, no, 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 no. I did not want to be an expert in Python. I I, I thought programming was crazy. It's like, God, oh, this this is just insane. This is, uh, um, you know, along my, my journey to what leads leads to today of you and I having this conversation. Oh, I, it's been very bumpy. And, you know, I, I came I came to the U.S., didn't have a background in computer science, but somehow I liked Linux. Somehow I was curious about Linux and I would go, I remember go to Barnes & Noble, sit down and read some O'Reilly books or whatever because it was interesting to me. And and one day my, my wife was working for uh, this media agency. They were, they were doing some some stuff with technology, uh, mostly marketing, like website redesigns and stuff. But they were doing some big projects. And and one day, um, the HR, uh, a couple of HR people were running around. like They were like really freaking out because they couldn't find anyone to do a particular task. And my wife heard the words Linux and were looking for someone. And she jumped up and says, hey, okay, my my." my uh, husband, he, he knows his stuff. He can help out. And they were like, Oh, okay, great. Let's call him and get him on the phone. Let's, let's, let's get this figured out. And, 
And that's how my journey started in, in, in technology. And what they wanted was someone from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day to go and check this uh, website, this application. They had uh, a big project with Mattel. And I had to make sure that the backend servers were up and running. And whenever the, the application crashed, because uh, it was a giant Java application distributed over like 12 servers, I had to follow certain orders in, in order to like uh, reboot the servers and, and do that stuff. So I did that for six months nonstop because they couldn't find anyone from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. to do that. <laughs> and and that how, that's how I, I got in. And But programming... Uh, eventually, the the there was this one very senior developer, kind of like the architect of the whole thing. He said, "Hey, w- I want you to write a script that will do all of these um, manual steps that you did before, and you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to do them uh, in a script." And I told him, um, "His name is Carlos Cole, and Carlos Cole used." It. Fantastic, fantastic person. He he really like um, got me into programming, and he said, "No, no, I, I Alfredo, like I think you can do it." I was like, "I don't, I have no idea what programming is. I don't know anything. What like what you're describing sounds great, but I don't think I can do it." And he said, "Don't worry <laughs> about it. We're gonna we're gonna work through it. I'm very busy, but you come in early. I'll give you thirty minutes of my time every day. We'll Whoa. go through any questions that you have." I'll answer them. I'll tell you like where to go and read and find out and like anything. And you make progress and and then off you go and rinse and repeat uh, everything. And so a mentor, kind of like a mentor. And he was I didn't see it as a mentor at the time because he was super busy. But he's like, oh, I'll, I'll give you just a, a few minutes of my time a day early in the morning, and you tell me you ask me anything and we'll figure it out. And then I started, and um, I I start I started having nightmares because I'm I'm very committed. I'm, I'm very, very committed. When I say I'm going to do something, oh my goodness, I'm just going to like crawl until I get it because that, that's, that's who I am. And, and the days would go by and I wasn't making progress because it is like, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't speak Russian and I don't know about Russian. And it's kind of like being thrown in the middle of Moscow. And it's like, hey, Alfredo, now I need to uh, you know, write some poems and be in the, in, the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of Moscow and then just recite them for everyone to hear. It's like sweating bullets left and right. It's like, this is so foreign. This is so unlike anything that I've tried before. And I was having nightmares. I was not sleeping well. I had anxiety uh, issues. And then one day I said, okay, that's it. No more. I'm going to tell this guy. No more. That's it. I'm not going to do it again. And I told him, it's like, I went prepared. Like, I was like, oh, a huge weight has been lifted from my shoulders. I feel great. I'm going to tell this guy exactly how it is. And I told Carlos uh, that day, it's like, hey, um, you know, Carlos, this is great, but I'm not making progress. And you, you're going to need to find someone else. Uh, you know, thank you for being so patient with me, but this is not working out for me. And he said, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Alfredo. <laughs> It's not going to work for me. <laughs> I believe in you. I think you can do it. Uh, but you know, it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, no, no. But like, like, why are you saying that? What's the problem that you're facing right now that you think it's it's kind of like uh, causing you issues? And I, I was, I started listing them, right? Of course, because I was, I knew exactly how this horrible batch script like, like was was consuming my life. It's like, wow, this thing, I don't know what, what, what what is going on here? What is this for loop? I don't understand what's going on. Like, I don't understand this. And it's like, oh, no problem. It's like, 
this thing, read this article, this sort of thing. There's a couple of blog posts here and read this documentation over there and uh, see you tomorrow. He did not allow me to quit. And I was so ready to quit and so ready to do back to the thing that made me comfortable, which was just tinkering around with Linux servers. And that's how I got into Bash and, and learning about some programming concepts. And then I transitioned over to being the, 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 the system administrator or the lead IT person in a smaller media agency. And, and I met uh, my mentor in Python, which is Noah Gift. And I've uh, written all of my books with Noah, like um, the Python for DevOps book I wrote with Noah, the one that we're wrapping up right now, which is Practical and Lops I wrote with him, and the three books that we wrote uh, last year, of course, we wrote together as well. And, and I met Noah at this uh, small media agency, and he said, hmm, Alfredo, like, I think you should uh, learn some Python. And, and what did you think I said? I said, no. <laughs> of course no. That's ridiculous. Why would I ever want to learn Python? This is like, no. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. Like, hey, listen, like, this is really, it's really cool. You can do a bunch of different things. And he said, hey, th this is, this could change your life. And I said, okay, you know, like, I'll suck it up. Like, let's see what we can do with this thing. But I have no idea about Python or anything. He said, no problem. This is what we'll do. You you will you'll automate one thing, one thing every week that you do on your day-to-day -day job. Like so, for example, one thing was I'm gonna have to set we have a new client and we have to set it up with a ticketing system. Like, okay, perfect. So you not, now need to communicate with an API or some other system, and you're gonna do all of it all the way with Python and you're gonna create a script that automates that whole process that before it took you, you know. 15, 20 minutes. And then on Fridays, we'll, we'll, um, we'll get together, we'll review what you've done and, and we'll keep improving. And so I did and, and I started learning a bunch of Python. And, and then one day he said, yeah, okay, so you've done you know, a few weeks of Python, this is good. Now you need an objective in life. So you should sign up next year's uh, PyCon is here in Atlanta and I'm based off of Atlanta. And he said, uh, yeah, you should uh, send a proposal. And I was like, what is wrong with you? What makes you think that I can send a proposal if I just learned this thing four weeks ago? How can I um, stand oh in front of a crowd? And Talk about like, accountability. Yeah. yeah. It was like, this is not, this is making me feel like not, you know, that it, it's, this is so crazy. Why would I do that? And it's like, no, this is actually perfect because you need an objective and this is going to set you up perfectly for next year. Uh, when you have another 10 months of Python, and then I think you're going to do well. And I did. And I think that's, that was the one time I talked at Python and, and did, did great. And, and because of Noah, he recommended, recommended me to, to uh, another friend of his. And they were hiring for a software engineer, which was very difficult. I could not be hired as a software engineer because I had, number one, I had no, no um, uh, computer science uh, a college degree. I, I didn't go to college. I had just like a year and a half to two years of being a system administrator, no experience being a software engineer. I can, I, I was unhirable. Like I, nobody could hire me. And then uh, this person through Noah said, Hey, yeah, well, well, it's very small startup. I was the third software engineer there doing Python. And, uh, and, and they say, yeah, you're hired, but I had to take a, a pay cut. 
And but I truly believed in in me that it's like, yeah, this is this is where I want to be. This is a great opportunity, and this is a great step forward for me. And uh, that's how I got into Python. Amazing. I, I, think, I think my story took, took like uh, like twenty more minutes than it should have, but <laughs> but hopefully it gives you enough context. I didn't want to interject here too for anyone that's not technical. Python is a programming language, and Bash is what they would call a scripting language, and I'm a technical. I like to say I'm technical enough to be dangerous. So that's about all I can say about those. But one thing I am curious about that is a little technical. When I started at Red Hat in 2004, a bunch of stuff was written in Python. And at that time, Python was, Red Hat was, this is my memory. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But my recollection was that Python, it wasn't a fringe language, but it was, it was nowhere near the popularity it has today. And the fact that so much stuff was written in Python was kind of unusual, I think, at the time. I can't remember what stuff was written in instead. But Pearl. Was Pearly. it Pearl? Okay. Pearl. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's some of the stuff that I wrote. Yeah. I was a <laughs> I was a QA engineer before I went to Red Hat. And yeah, most of my stuff was in Pearl. It wasn't was that was Python just coming on the scene or what? I think so. Uh it sounds about right, like to the early two thousands. Um, I think Python, I think Python would, uh, uh, start having like a larger footprint. I remember Canonical who, um, uh, is behind this uh, popular Linux distribution called Ubuntu. Uh, they said the official language of this distribution is Python, which meant basically when we create uh, stuff and we build, build stuff, Python is our language of uh, choice. And they, they, they advertised that, uh, uh, very early. I think. 2004, 2003 sounds about right to me. Okay. So take me, take me into the future. You were talking about you're writing these books. You want to help people. It sounds like in a way you've become the mentor that these other people were to you. You also had this post the other day about yet <laughs> that yeah, caught my it, attention. Say more the, about <laughs> yet. There's some... Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, I think it's unbelievable, uh, unbelievably rewarding to to you know writing a book or or creating a video or a screencast. It, it's is mostly disconnected from your audience. You're putting something out there. Who knows if that helps someone? But at the volume that I've uh, produced in the past two two three years. Uh, I do receive a bunch of feedback. I do receive a bunch of connections on LinkedIn specifically. And people say, you know, like this was really useful. You explained this really, that this thing that is really hard. And you, 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 you said that, you know, you explain it in a way that now I can grasp it. Uh, and all of the books, absolutely all of the books uh, that I've written, they're tied to a story. Stories is what connects us. Like I, 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 we're, we're, today we're not having a, uh, a conversation about, uh, hey, I'm doing this with Python and here I have some functions. He's like, no, you know, like, hey, John, like you want to ask, you want to ask me about uh, Python functions? Hey, let me tell you a story when functions were like completely horrible to me and I messed up and, and, and I messed up because I had these problems. And, and, uh, and now, now, that, now that you saw how miserable I was, and how I, I made a couple of changes here and now they're pretty good. Now let's just dive into the details. And I think that way of storytelling, uh, even in technical books, I think it's very compelling. 
And so I found a way that I can connect better to, to, to people telling these stories. Uh, I've had stories about having horrible interview processes. Uh, there was this one person who said like, oh, you know what a closure is? And it's like, I, I, I don't know what a closure is. And he said, ah, well, a closure is just a nested uh, function. It's, you know, it's a, it's a function within a function. And I was like, it made me feel like super dumb. And it's like, I don't, wow, like perhaps I'm not very intelligent. Like this person is talking in these big names that I don't, I don't know. Why didn't he just say nested functions? Of course I've used nested functions before, but it was a way of like him making, uh, making him feel or making me feel like not, not very intelligent. And I, I, I put that, that those stories in the book because I think it's, it's crucial that others can learn about that and say, huh. Okay, so some people will try to do that and play that game. And Alfredo is saying that these these things are just functions. And since I'm putting them in a book, it must be true, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and and so we we get to we get to the uh, the other day where I sat down and wrote that um, uh, that small post about uh, the power of yet. Um, and it was it started mostly as recharging. I had. Uh, it, Writing, writing, a, writing a book is a lot of hard work, and you have to be very consistent. And and I did it for about six months every day, uh, for about between one and two hours every day, Sunday, Saturday, you know, Christmas Eve, like it, it didn't matter. Like I was, I was writing every day uh, to complete all my chapters, and I did did that uh, um, before before my deadlines, which I felt pretty proud. But like it took a toll on me, so I said I need to recharge. And went to uh, here in Georgia. We have the Blue Ridge Mountains, which are beautiful, and I have been wanting to go there for a while, and we couldn't for one reason or the other. And finally, booked something for a couple couple nights, and we went there for a whole family, and it felt great. And then coming back, I was like, you know, I, I think it's 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 nice to talk about accomplishments. It's nice to, to say, hey, yeah, I, I I wrote a book. Oh, congrats, Alfred. It's like, well, but but what's behind that? And behind that is a lot of work and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, hard decisions to make. You know, like hey, I want, I want to stay in bed a little bit more. I'm really tired. It's like no, I have to wake up and just you know keep pounding, even even if it's a hard chapter to write. But so it's important to recharge and it's important to recover and, and get to a better place. And I was remembering uh, some of the uh, situations that I went through as an athlete, and one of them was having. Um, uh, having been di- diagnosed with uh, scoliosis, which is um, your 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 back, your vertebrae looks like an S, like it gets bent. So if usually if you're seeing a person on, on x-rays, like you see the back, you see a straight line. But mine was uh, shaped like an S. And um, that caused all kinds of different problems. I was in severe pain. I actually have um, per- per- some some permanent damage in my lower back where I have um, pain that just doesn't go away. Uh, I don't take any medication for that or anything, but I just learned how to live with with that uh, discomfort. But so all that, you know, started getting in the back of my mind. I said, well, I've, I've, I've gone through some some difficult stuff and, and going through like, you know, 10, 12, 20 doctors. I think it was about around 20 doctors. We went to 20 doctors, all kinds of tests and things and x-rays and MRIs and, and whatnot. And, and some of them, I got to one doctor who says, like, I, I really don't know what, what you have. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. And, well, at the same time, being very frustrated because, of course, as you know, 
And I wanted to be the number one. I wanted to be like, I want to be really good. And this was not letting me, like this thing with my lower back was not letting me be that. So what, what, um, what to do, what, how to deal with this. And, and one day, well, let's just, with my dad, who was my coach for the longest time, we decided to just get back to it and, and, and build, uh, build strength for, for my back. And of course, uh, it, it goes without saying, but I'm not a doctor. So <laughs> if, if you have scoliosis or anything that I'm describing and you try to, to go the same route, <laughs> don't hold it against me. But, but I tried really hard and, and I was so, so desperate to, to catch up and, and, and start training so hard that I overdid it. Um, I was doing, doing uphills on a, on a, there was a sand uh, dune in the like 10 minutes away from my parents' place in, in Peru. And I, I, I kept going. I was exhausted, but I kept going and going. And my dad said, okay, like, we should take it easy. He's like, no, I want, I want to go again. He should have stopped me, but he didn't. And I, I went up there and just barfed for like my guts out. Like I could not, I could not hold it in. It was just, it was too much. My body's, my body gave up. And, and so then reflecting on that, and, and, and how, and, and, and by the way, that I became better, my back was uh, manageable and I was very strong in my lower, uh, lower back, just doing a bunch of exercises and that kept my pain and my scoliosis in check. And, and then two years after that event, like I won the, the, the world junior championships in the, in the high jump. And that's the, the one time Peru has ever had a, um, uh, a medal in the in track and field for a world a world uh, track and field championship. So it felt great. But more than that, it was you know I was thinking so well how how do I put these stories into context? And I think you know sometimes uh, you know especially through the pandemic, it's been for a lot of people trying to change jobs. It has been very very tough. And I see stories of people just. Uh, uh, trying to get into interviews and getting rejected and getting a lot of no's, a lot of automated no's, which are of the worst kind where you get some automated emails saying, huh, yeah, thanks. We had some, some uh, automated uh, uh, scanning of your PDF resume and we detected that you, you have not all the checkboxes that the hiring manager wants. So you've been automatically excluded. <laughs> so that, that kind of sucks, of course, in a different wording, but that's what it is. And say, getting a bunch of no's can be can be crushing but most of these things are are are, are just like a, a a few inches away of really being something completely different and when you slap on a yet to that way of thinking then things change and the the examples i gave was you could say well uh they they rejected me they yeah, I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. You could, you could say, it's like, Alfred, how did it go? Well, I didn't get the job. But if you say and think and reverse that and change that and swap that around as, well, I haven't gotten the job that I want yet. Whoa, like mm. it's the same, mm -hmm. same situation, different type of, of, of thinking. And Changing your way of thinking is easier said than done. It takes practice and consistency and you have to stick with it. 
but I think it works. I think I think it works when you say, "Hey, like this is you know it didn't work out, but like it it'll, it will work out eventually." I mean, where where are you? Like where is a, well, like if I was uh, changing jobs, where where am I? Like where I'm in a job today, and someone hired me, and some other people didn't hire me. So eventually, something worked out. So believing in yourself is 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 sometimes difficult when you have you know. 200 applications and 198 no's and, and you get to one yes after 198. So it, take, it takes a lot of mental fortitude to, to, to do that, but you have to, you have to try these things. You have to try these different ways of thinking and, and whatever else uh, works for you. You know, like when I'm not feeling well, well at, at work or with a situation with my family or, 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 or anything really, I'm like, I need to do something. I'm just going to go for a run, even if it's 10 minutes or I'm going to go and, swing my uh my kettlebell or, or or whatever works for me uh and and you know it usually helps me but it, it takes consistency these things are not uh there's no automatic flip switch somewhere there's no i don't have a coupon for the best fertilizer that will turn your grass green in one day uh, from one day to the other right so but yeah yet is very powerful one, what occurs to me is if you don't keep showing up, there is no yet. That's right. That That is exactly right. You you, you mentioned in the beginning something about uh, quitting. Like, hey, when is, like, do you, do you ever quit? Do you ever stop? And I, I think that's an important, uh, that there's, there's, like, if you watch any motivational video or a speech or anything like a lot of people are talking. It's like, well, you, you can't quit. Like you're, you should not be a quitter. <laughs> you, can, you, you must pursue your goals until the end of times. And, and well, that, that's no, no, it's, it's, you know, quitting is fine. It, it's not a, it's not a problem. And, but there's some, there's some, again, everything comes with a nuance, right? It's, it's everything comes with a context. What's the backstory here? Like he just, this dude like didn't want to do the hard work. Well, if you if you try to be a renowned mathematician and you're trying really hard to get into school to be a mathematician and then you're failing basic math for like five years and then you say, well, I'm probably not very good at this and I should keep you know playing my violin, which I'm like I'm I'm really really good at that. It's like that's fine. That's totally fine. Like you're de- identifying things that you like, that you're better at, that you want to pursue better. And the things that you thought you were good at, like they're not working out and you try them and you put your best effort. And then, and then you say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change. Changing opinions is a powerful thing. I think uh, if you change your opinion today uh, about something that you believed yesterday, oh, like that's, that's great. You've realized something and you're not being stubborn and you're, you're, you're taking a better path. And so I think that's, that's perfectly fine. What do you think about motivation? And that's a leading question because a lot of times people come to me and they say, well, I just need to find motivation for this thing. And I always, I'm just like, well, one, I can't give you motivation (laughs) and I'm not sure that it's to be found anywhere except how bad do you want it? Yes. And if you don't want it, then don't want it. Yes. But don't. And if there's usually some should energy in there, like I should want this. And so I need to find motivation to have this thing that I'm should or supposed to have. And yeah, what do you think about that? 
No, you, you really want, you really need to want things. You, you really need to want, and by things, I'm not saying material things. It could be a material thing, but uh, mostly it's like uh, some, some sort of like an aspirational goal. Like if, if you really want to run. If you America, want it. Yes. If, you, if want you want it. And you don't have to want it. You don't. That's, you the, don't other, that's the other thing. Yes. I've, you don't need to. Like nobody's, nobody's going to hold you accountable. Hey, don't, <laughs> it's not a problem. How, how bad do you want it? Like, do you want it really bad? Show me. Like I, I was volunteering as, uh, to be a high jump coach for a while here in a local high school, and after two years, I said I, I can't do this anymore uh, because most of the students that I was coaching they were just goofing around, and I, 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 I couldn't. I, I didn't have. I can't see that working uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I just I felt crushed. I was like, these 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 guys don't just don't want to do anything. Uh, they just, they're just here to have a good time, and I'm spending my my free time trying to help them out and this is not working out uh you have to you have to really want it like um, now motivation has different different uh, uh aspects to it for example sometimes uh uh you might say well i want to be motivated uh motivated and inspired to do something right? like oh i want to write a all right i want to write a novel i want to write like this fictional story and make this super good book uh, I'll wait until I'm inspired. But no, 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 that's not how it works. That is not how it works. You will sit down. Um, Seth Godin has a, has a really, uh, like a, a really nice thought process here, which I, I really tend to repeat a lot when, when I have these types of conversations where he, he was talking specifically about writer's block. And whenever someone comes in and says like, Hey Seth, and Seth Godin is a, uh, if you don't know him, he's a fantastic um, marketing guru who has been writing a blog post a day for the past 20 years. <laughs> so talk about motivation and consistency. And he said, he's just like, some people come, come to him and say, Hey, like I'm, 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 I have writer's block. I can't write. I'm sitting down, staring at a blank page. Nothing comes out. What, what do you suggest? And he says the writer, writer's block doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because he said, what, what exists is like, you want to write a perfect chapter. You, you don't want to write a chapter. You, you don't want to write a paragraph. You want a perfect paragraph. And he, he goes back and says, yeah, sh- show me 10 bad chapters. Show me 10 bad paragraphs. Uh, show me 10 bad books. Write 10 bad books that you're like, yeah, this is going to be complete garbage. This is not going to go well. Show me 10 of those. And let's have a conversation then what, what, uh, you know, what is not working out. But that's, that speed bump that you're closing doors to opportunity. Like, no, you, you, you have to, you have to sit down, suck it up and push forward. There's no other way. Like things are not going to fall from the sky to you. It's like, Oh, motivation goddess has uh, come <laughs> from the skies. And now like, I feel great. It's sunny outside. No, 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 no. And, and I felt crushed before from situations that have made me, uh, made me feel bad and, feel like horrible and say, well, what am I going to do about it? Uh, There's always, there's always a decision to make when these things happen. It seems like it's a combination of, of, I feel like there's so much serendipity or synchronicity or whatever the right, like in your own situation of you, I don't know which one came first, but well, one, it's very clear you're willing to do the hard work and show up every day. And you met some some really 
uh, pivotal people that helped you get to where you got. You know, John, I, I think that, you know, there, I, I think there's a lot of people that are, are willing to do uh, the things that these, these, uh, these friends and mentors that were in my life uh, did for me. If, if you are someone who is showing the willingness to learn and do the work. I think mm. if 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 I was if I was a business owner and someone comes in and says, "Hey, um, Alfredo, like I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do to learn Python. I'll do whatever I have to do to to be a high jumper or whatever it is." And Alfredo, I, I've recognized that you you, you can you, you can give me some pointers. Oh, oh, who doesn't want that? Uh, bring me a hundred track coaches. And, and, and let's ask them a question and what do they think? They'll, they'll be like, oh, that's a golden opportunity. Oh, yeah, they'll take it immediately. Who doesn't want to help someone that, that wants to like, you know, uh, put in the hard work and do, and, and do everything it takes? I, I think it's great, but I, I was willing to do that. Um, in these, when I, when it, especially because I didn't have like, you know, like my fancy computer science background uh, title or um, um, university, like, I didn't have this. So I had to, what, what can I do to compensate? Well, I'm going to do a lot of hard work. There was this one, one thing that happened when I joined this, uh, um, um, when I joined this company that did the, uh, digital marketing. And there was this one guy, uh, his name is Alejandro. And he was from Colombia. And he said, Alfredo, um, uh, yeah, so I talked to the IT department and uh, they told me to talk to you, but we have, the, so they have several different systems. And this is where, where SBN was a, a big thing in technology. SBN is a, a version control system where programmers uh, use that to track control of their changes. And they were Before the it. days of Git. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so they were using SBN, but they had, um, they have Active Directory. And Active Directory is a, kind of like a single sign-on system from from back when you would have like a server somewhere sitting in your in, in at the office, and you would like you would log into your to your computer and you would talk to Active Directory to check your password, and then it would allow you to get into your computer. But the thing is that they had Active Directory, so but they have different usernames and passwords for all of these different systems, including SVN. So this guy, uh, this Colombian guy, um, uh, Alejandro, he said, Alfredo, like I know." that it's silly that I have a different username and password for SBN than the one that I use for my laptop. I'm, I'm pretty sure this can be connected and the IT department says that this is not going to work. Uh, I think you can fix it. I know I know this is fixable. I, I think you can fix it. I had, number one, I had no idea about LDAP I, uh, or Active Directory or how SBN worked or anything that he was saying. But I was like, hey, he, he, what I said is like, no problem. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. And what did I do? It's like, well, I'm going to pour down through the documentation of, of SBN and their authentication systems, pour through how LDAP and Active Directory works for authentication. And I'm going, I know I can, I can run some virtual machines and try it out. And I did. And oh my goodness, it totally worked. And you know what happened immediately after it? He said, Alfredo, this is great. Now we have like seven other things that don't work. And the IT department says that it's not possible to fix, and I'm pretty sure you can help us out. And I, I became invaluable. I became invaluable. And I became so invaluable 
that is, I, I thought it's like, oh, this is great. And I, I remember going to this one dude in the IT department. It's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I know how to do this. Why don't, like, you guys seem like you were not aware that this was possible. Let me teach you what I, what I did so that you can do it as well. And the response was, hey, no, Alfredo, you know, I, I'm kind of busy. And, you know, you, you do this well, so I'm just, you know, I'm not going to let you do it. I, I was like, this is insane. I'm giving everything already that I know to him. If this person doesn't want it. Even in my most digested, mo, mo, most um, the, 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 the most straightforward way to learn something that someone has done the hard work for you, figuring stuff out, and he didn't want to take it. So that's the difference. That's like all of these people that have been wonderful in my life, Noah Gift, uh, uh, this this one person, Alejandro, uh, Carlos Paul, who taught me how to program in Bash and had the patience to, to hold my hand. Um, I, I give them thanks in my first, the first book that I did with O'Reilly in the uh, Python for Devils book. And I, I took the time. It was my first um, major book published by, by O'Reilly. Now, like, I, I, took, I took the time to, to thank them all because they were crucial. But who wouldn't want to help you if you're willing to do the hard work? Uh, which brings me to a, a, a nice phrase that I heard the other day about um, about how, how um, what is truth or how how do you gain uh, not truth but uh, trust? How do you gain trust? And trust was defined as consistency over time. And I thought it was perfect. And I was like, okay, this is this is excellent because. If I'm consistent over time, if you say, Alfredo, let's have a conversation at 11 a.m. and I consistently arrive late, you're not going to trust me anymore when I say, yeah, I'm going to be there. And it's like, yeah, Alfredo's not going to be here. No, 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 no. And this works for appointments. It works for delivering objectives. It works for producing producing stuff at work uh, or having uh, having a conversation with your boss. It's like, um, let's see. Um, I'm going to tell Alfredo to do this. Will he? Will he do it? Will he, yeah. will he accomplish his goals? Consistency over time, I think, is the ticket here. I love the overtime bit too, because well, there's there's things that fail over time, and it's what's there most of the time. <laughs> so if you if you do it once, it's like okay, they did it once, but if they do it a hundred times and there were a couple misses. Yeah, that's something you can trust in. That's, I think, why people, when they start new jobs, say, it's like, oh, I need to prove myself. I need to, I need to really like, make people like, really see that I'm willing to do stuff. And, but I, I don't think that should end like three months after you. Over time. Yeah. yeah, over time. Consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to be there. You have to, you have, to have the hard conversations and do the hard work. Uh, now, with, 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 uh, with strings attached. I mean, I'm not telling you to to go and uh, do stuff uh, Saturday and Sunday and, and keep, you know, I, I don't think that's too healthy, but um, at least in my case, I try not to do it. But if you're consistently delivering work um, and delivering, delivering things that you say you're going to deliver at the standards that you believe are good standards, then that's great. If I'm consistently delivering garbage, <laughs> that's just not good. Not good. So as we start to wrap up, for the person out there that's listening to this that says, I want to be a programmer, I want to be in technology or coder or whatever that, like, I, I'm so more and more disconnected from that whole 
down in the details of like what the languages are and what the terminology is and all that. And I'm totally fine with it. But someone that's listening to this today that wants to get into this, maybe they're changing careers. Maybe they're not 24 or 25, they're 35 or 40. What would your advice, like really specific advice be beyond, you know, showing up every day and being consistent? Where would someone start if they thought, you know, I've always wanted to be in technology I'm not, I'm willing to do the work. What, what would your advice be to them? Yeah. Well, depending on the, on the stage in life they're in, there's, there's a couple of uh, differences there. Uh, of course, if you are in your forties and you have three kids, you're married, you have a mortgage to pay, you can't, I mean, you can, but like, it's going to be pretty difficult for you to say, oh, I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing today. I'm going to get away from working at JP Morgan uh, and I'm going to go and be an intern at Red Hat and, and see if I can, if I just like, I think I can get closer to my, tech, um, to my career in technology, which I really like. So I, I think that, that, that wouldn't just work. So the advice has some of these variables that, that have to change. But having said that, I think that when I started and when I identified, Hey, like, I really like Linux, like what, what? What do I do now? Like, wh- where where do I go? How do, how do I do this? Um, you know, first, number one thing is like, you need to gain the knowledge. You need to grasp everything that there is, the ins and outs of the technology stuff that you want to do. In my case, it started with Linux and then that transition over to programming languages like Vim. Uh, like Vim, I mean, I uh, like Python. I really like Vim. I, that's why this thing was in my in my mind. I'm, and Vim has its own programming language. Vim is an editor for those who, who don't don't know. Vim has a language called VimScript, and I'm very proficient at VimScript. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you want to get started, then you have to gain the knowledge. You have to put up and say, "Yeah, I really need to learn about this." Now, it could be something specific, like I want to learn more about Python. Or it could be something more broad, like I want to know how the cloud works, or I want to know how you know what you know how to make web websites. And depending on that, you start narrowing down. But at the end of the day, I think gaining knowledge is the number one objective. And and once you acquire this knowledge, which by the way now th- these days this is just so much easier because information is everywhere. Uh, AWS has free courses. I'm pretty sure Azure. Azure and Microsoft has a ton of different resources if you want to start learning. I mean, you don't need to do the thing that I did uh, 15 years ago, which was go to Barnes and Noble and sit down and yes. work down through the books. The knowledge, that is so everything's out there. That is so it's so important to stop there. No, I remember I remember buying the the Pearl the O'Reilly Pearl book, the Camel book that was like mm-hmm. five inches thick, yeah. and like I'm gonna work through this stuff, this thing, and learn it and. I never did because it was hard and I just wasn't that interested. (laughs) And there were no, I mean, there were courses, but there were courses that you paid a lot of money to, or your company paid a lot of money to, to attend in a classroom. Those were your two options. That was it. There was no Udemy or whatever these other Linda or yeah. Or even the ones you're describing. Yeah. There's a bunch of resources and they're free now. Of course, there's every, there's a lot of stuff that is that is paid. And there's O'Reilly's is still producing um, massive books as well, but there's a lot of stuff out there that is free. Actually, my uh, the three 
uh, books that I self-published last year, um, Testing in Python, uh, Building command, uh, command Line Tools in Python, and um, and, and, and getting started with, with Python doing uh, Python functions. Uh, that all of those are, are freely available on the web. So if you search for those, like, uh, I mean, if you want to buy a Kindle version or buy the actual book, physical book, you can do that, but they're, they're freely available. So you can, you can actually read that and just, but you don't have any money. You, you don't know if you really like it. Well, try it out. And, and the same goes for machine learning, for cloud computing, for anything really. And, and there's a ton of stuff. So, Give me those links afterwards, and we'll yes, we'll make sure those absolutely. are easier to find. Uh, and, okay. and so and so we 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 get to the to the to the end of, of the answer because first I said, well, you need to identify kind of like what is it that you like, and so you say, well, cloud computing. Okay, now next you need to gain the knowledge. Okay, you need to put some effort in gaining knowledge. Okay, now I feel like yes, um, Azure, and I already have a ton of knowledge. What's what's next? What can I do next? Well, next is you need to identify. Uh, the, the, the code repositories, the projects that are benefiting from uh, using these resources. So if it's the cloud, then, you know, Azure and Microsoft has like a ton of repositories out there. Do you think, like if, I, if I'm working at Microsoft and I see a dude that day in and day out produces change requests with uh, improving the stuff that I have, like and I'm not going to scratch my hands like, hmm, there seems to be this dude. He's doing a lot of cool work here, and he's helping me do my work because he's he's making all these changes. I'm going to, of course, 100% hands down, be like interested. It's like, okay, this this sounds this sounds pretty good, and and you're one foot in the career path that you wanted. By but you have to you have to spend some time doing it. It's it's going to take hard work, but you're gonna do it. No, and I saw that over and over again yeah, with the Fedora project. The Fedora project nice. is a is a gateway into Red Hat. I mean, my, one of the, in fact, I just talked to him a few weeks ago. We were recording some stuff on OpenShift. Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was a system administrator at Orbitz <laughs> that came nice. to the Fedora project to run all their infrastructure. He's now the vice president of Linux engineering, nice. Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Like he's in charge of all the engineering development for that. Yeah, that, I mean that's excellent. So that that goes that kind of like proves my point. Like I mean, you, you, yeah, like there's all in all of these projects uh, are out there. You have to search for them. Uh, once you start being becoming more comfortable with 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 the the one thing that you want to do, the website, JavaScript, uh, cloud computing, Python, whatever it is, GoLang, uh, all of these have like. Um, and, and there's, there's, they're always looking for. They all, a lot of these projects have mentoring uh, um, opportunities as well. I can, I can go and mentor and, and say, oh, you, you're, you, you want to get started. You want to. There's uh, issues are are now being labeled as, um, you know, like low hanging fruit, like easy first, first contributor. You know, kind of like trying to get into a project and contribute. I mean, most projects, if not all of them, would would be happy to take some, someone that is doing, willing to, to try to learn and improve. And that gives you a ton of experience. And that's a huge improvement over the past too. <laughs> People would come to the Fedora project <laughs> and be like, I, I want to help, but I have no idea where to get started. I want to also highlight, because I, I had a similar path myself. In fact, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation if I hadn't followed. And I call it an inkling. That thing that's just interesting to you because it's interesting to you. So in your case, it was Linux. 
I, similar pathway for me to Red Hat, I was doing Linux at home on the weekends too, just like trying to install from CDs or floppy disks. I can't remember what it was. But I had an interest in podcasting and audio and recording stuff. And so I just, so I started following the, that inkling of recording stuff with a friend. The other thing I think you touched on that's really Im- important that's not really happening right now, but I think will soon be changing is conferences. So, I paid my own money to go to podcasting conferences because I was interested in podcasting. I was like, this is interesting to me. So I'm going to put some skin in the game. I were a lot of cases I use frequent flyer miles or travel points that had nothing to do with my day job while I was at Red Hat. And I would go to these conferences about podcasting. I met people. I learned things. That opened doors too. So yeah, I love what you were saying about Noah challenging you to present at that conference. Conferences are amazing places to meet people. And sometimes it's totally hit and miss. And I went to conferences and I hardly met anyone. It's like, oh, this is a total waste of my time. But then I just kept showing up and doing stuff and trying stuff. And yeah, here we are. Today. I, I think I think that's that's the ticket to try try new things. Find find answer questions like what is it what is it that I really want to do? Like what is it that like makes me really happy? The, With the, no filters or judgments or like, I can't have that or that's not right or that's wrong. It's, it's just, just you. You're waking up 6, 6, 30 in the morning, open up your eyes and it's like, try to answer that question. What, what is it that I really like? Where is it that, you know, yeah, sure. Financial stuff is important too, but like, you know, it, it can be a combination of things. Uh, and to me, that that, that answer uh, changes a, a lot of times. I really like the value. I really like helping others. But in outside of, of that, um, if, if you come and visit my house, like I'm right now in my office, I, I like photography. So I dedicated myself to learning photography for a while. And I, my walls are full of my, my photography. And, and I, I, I've been asked before if I, if I'm like a professional photographer, I'm not in my, some of my pictures are not that very good, but I, that's one of my passions. That's one thing that makes me feel great. Uh, right now behind me, I have a giant, acrylic painting i like art and so i paint and and i you know i put time into it because i think it's great it's a craft i like woodworking so i figure out how to do woodworking i build my own standing standing desk uh i i don't mind if i mess up but like hey it's this one and i built it and people come and freak out because like did you build your own this what is wrong with you when did you use <laughs> where do you look hey like i put some time I, I watch YouTube videos on how to build stuff and, and then I did it. And being curious about stuff, I, I love cooking. If if you ever come to, to my house, I'll cook for you. And a lot of people have those like, well, what? Alfredo, why don't you have your own restaurants? Like, no, no, I like cooking. I like, I like cooking for others. And I really, that's one of my other passions. And I do a bunch of these things because they're, it makes me happy. But I put I put a lot of hard work into it, into them because there's nothing like showing your crafts, showing something that you did. You, you pull yourself over it and you say, "Hey, like I, I made this happen, and I did it with my own hands, and this is it," which I, I think is a tremendous gift. And I hope that as we're wrapping up our conversation here, that all these things that we've chatted about today, someone hears hears a man and like, "Huh, that that seems pretty cool. I'm gonna try this thing out," and suddenly that. They, they become slightly better. Their life becomes slightly better. Uh, their day becomes changed because they ne- they're now thinking about these other things that are, that are important, how to improve and how to get better. 
And I would encourage them to reach out to one or both of us if yes. they have questions or ideas or whatever. So people know where to find me. Where would they find you? I'm primary, well, um, primary, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so if you want to reach out to me there, that's, that's fine. Um, uh, but I would say that if you happen to know my email address, like shoot me an email, uh, you can probably find my email address somewhere, somehow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure because it's out there. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, LinkedIn, I think is perfect. And, and, um, and I, I, I'm very active there. I, I really like it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Well, thanks for chatting. John, thank you so much for having me here today. I really enjoy our conversations all the time and can't believe it's been so many years since uh, we, by chance, were able to work uh, together for, for a few, for, for a few even, months. Even though we, we were working together, we just didn't know it. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.